morning. And welcome to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church on this fourth Sunday of Advent. We are so glad to see you here in person and those of you joining us online. Let us now join with the Garcia Ortega family as they light the fourth Advent candle. Marty and Lupe and Lily, come on up. Sometimes when we are trying something new or when we are facing a difficult decision or when we want to celebrate something or when we just feel lost and alone and uncertain about life, the universe and everything, we need a blessing. We don't always think of it that way or word it like that. We say we need advice or support or companions, or someone to come along beside and lift us up again so we can see more than the tops of our shoes. We seek a blessing. For many of us, we go home, we ask mom, we talk to dad, or brothers and sisters, close friends, those we grew up with, those who know us best. We want them alongside. We want to be in their presence. Somehow, we know that being there, being home, will make all things better. Maybe it won't be fixed or solved or wished away, but at least we won't be alone. We seek a blessing. Mary, faced with an uncom incomprehensible burden and gift, ran to Cousin Elizabeth's house, looking for someone who knew a little of what she was going through looking for a place to hide until the reality of her condition could become something real. And she received a blessing. The prophet Micah spoke of a blessing coming to an unexpected place, an unassuming town. Yet by God's grace would become the means through which God would bless the whole world. Bethlehem, the little town of blessing. We seek a blessing. We light these candles, the candle of hope, of peace, of joy, and of today. Love as a sign that we know blessing, and we know waiting for blessing to be felt and lived. We light these candles as a sign that we still seek a blessing. It's time to go home.
Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
I'd like to invite the children to come and join me on the steps for a little bit of uh, time before we head to Children's Church. Come on down. Thank you, thank you. Last Sunday, we had such a great Sunday with uh, our children and our youth leading our service today. And today, so far, already has been amazing with all of our musicians and singers and the choir, and it's been great. I love Christmas music so much. I look forward to, as soon as Halloween is over, I start listening to Christmas music. But other people think, oh no, you should only listen to Christmas music like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Do you all start listening to Christmas music early, or do you wait until Christmas Eve? What's up? I do it after Thanksgiving, or it isn't, or it isn't right. It, or it isn't right. Yeah, so some people are really judgy like that too, but I just think you can go as soon as you want is fine. When do you start listening, Gabriel? Do you listen to Christmas music at home? Usually, usually after Thanksgiving. Okay, after Thanksgiving. Okay, so you're on Maddie's camp. You have an, mm-hmm, yeah, I hear you. Well, um, I was, so my mom lives in a little house in my backyard, which sounds weird, but it's not. Um, and so she, I was listening to her singing um, from the Amy Grant Christmas album, which some of us remember, right? The Amy Grant Christmas album. And so she was singing A Little Town of Bethlehem. And I'm like, no wonder I love Christmas music because I grew up singing all the Christmas songs. And so I hope that each of you, as you are hearing all of these songs, it is part of your Christmas tradition. Music is uh, something that brings us together. It's something that helps us celebrate. And sometimes when we can't put into words our feelings, music helps us do that. And so today we're having that kind of a Sunday. And in Children's Church, you're going to continue to hear about the Christmas story. One more thing, and then we'll pray. Um, Is there anything as Hanukkah music? There are a lot of Hanukkah songs, yes, like there's the dreidel song, and that's where my list is going to end. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for each of these children here, the ones that are at my feet and also the ones that are not are watching online or are home today. Uh, thank you for the joy that they bring. I pray that their, their, their memories, their feelings of this time will grow with them as they grow older, that they will cherish being in this place, hearing this music, hearing these instruments and these singers, and helping it connect to the greatest gift of all, Jesus, that you came and you showed us who God is, how God loves, and teaches us how to be uh, your spirit incarnate here uh, in this earth. So thank you for today. Thank you for this wonderful service and for our church family. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. As the children head out to Children's Church, I invite you to stand and socially distantly pass the peace of Christ to one another through a wave or a bump or a smile.
morning. We invite you to join this time of prayer by experiencing the intro call to prayer by our wonderful choir. Creator of all that is good and life-giving, we are gathered here today in your name to worship and to tell this, your most sacred of stories. God, we are grateful for these candles in the darkness, for the path that you continuously remind us of, that the way is love, hope, joy, and peace, that there is possibility for light at the end of this darkness. The world is so troubled today. There's so much that we don't understand and can't even begin to fathom how we could make a difference. Even in the season of light, dear God, as we prepare for joy and time with family and friends and even this incredible worship, we know that much remains broken in the world around us. And we confess that we are overwhelmed. We are uncertain. We do not always know the way. We thank you for Mary. We thank you for this young girl who, like us, must have felt so uncertain and so unsure, but for whom you gave answers and guidance. We thank you for her courage, for her desire to raise a child who would be the one to bring justice for giving her the certainty and the strength to know that she would be a part of that path. Her life reminds us that we don't have to be extraordinary or adventurous or even particularly holy, but that you will work through us and guide us to the place we need to be to be the people of peace, to become the peacemakers, to bring change. And for this, we are eternally grateful in the knowing that we are made in your image and that we are a part of co-creating this new world, this beloved community, this family that welcomes all, fights for truth, and seeks to create a space where all feel their sacredness and know their worth. Guide us each day as we are on this journey Embolden us with your Holy Spirit. Make us eager and willing to learn. 
Help us to look for the light on the days when they are dark and when we see that light to share it with all who need it. Today we offer our gratitude for all the blessings in our life, for the sun that shines, for this incredible worship space, for all those in our lives that we love. We also lift up those in our community who we know grieve during the holidays, who've experienced recent loss or loss some time ago, who are missing and aching for loved ones who are not here. We pray for the end of loneliness and the birth of joy and for healing. And we also remember all of those, including us, who our Lord and Savior was born to save. He who comes to deliver us, comes to deliver us from the suffering in this moment. And we are grateful for this. Be with us, help us to receive him when he comes. Help us to be prepared to celebrate this joy and to do the work that lies ahead. For your son Jesus has changed and transformed each of us. He has welcomed us and made it possible for us to be a part of this work. And we are grateful for this. We take now a moment of silence to offer the prayers that remain on our hearts and in our minds that are unspoken. And on this morning when we proclaim the love that you sent down and made flesh, we offer you this prayer that was taught to us by your son. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning again. Merry pre-Christmas. <laughs> this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year and I'm so glad to be here with you. I wanna share with you a couple of announcements First, I want to acknowledge this incredible floral arrangement which has been gifted to us for our worship service. It is given in loving memory of Dr. Robert W. Lambert by Mike Abraham. And we just remember his and honor his memory today and we are so glad to be a part of that remembering. We are excited to see you back here on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. for an incredible service. It's going to be in person. We will also broadcast online for those who continue to worship from home. Be sure to come, bring your loved ones, and be here with us. We are just really excited to be able to celebrate Christmas Eve together here um, in our sanctuary. On Sunday, December 26th, we will not have an in-person service here in the sanctuary. We will have an online service um, for both of our campuses. So you can plug into uh, our Facebook page or YouTube and find those services there. 
We will return here for the first Sunday of the year on January 2nd, and I'm excited. We're going to have an in-person and online service, a special service of prayer, scriptures, and communion to help prepare us for the year to come. 2022 is going to be a good year, and I, I right? We're going to pray for it, so come on in. We'll be here. And last but not least, um, all of the things that we do here at our church, all the ministries that we uh, hunger for and wish to serve, all the justice work that we seek to create in the world is made possible by your generous gifts of time and financial offerings. The year in gifts would be really appreciated. We are continuing to struggle our way through this difficult time, as are many. Um, and we need to have those to be counted for this year, received by January 31st. So um, you can drop it in the basket on your way out. You can mail it to the office. You can do it online. I think there's a QRC code. You could probably send a carrier pigeon. There's lots of ways to make your offerings. Um, but whatever you give will be used to the, to the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to the works of this church and our community. And we're so glad to receive them. Thank you.
A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. I'm off script, Marlon, just letting you know. So I've just been sitting up here crying, and I just decided I was going to give in to it and not care, makeup running and all. Um, because do you remember what we were doing last year for Christmas Eve? I was sitting in front of my Christmas tree, which I'd only decorated as much as I needed to for the camera to get the angle. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm not. And I was taping this, the Christmas Eve sermon with my little dog by my side, and no music. And look at the glory we have today, amen? I cried on Easter when y'all first came back, choir, and I'm crying today, and that's okay. You are just, your voices are sublime, and I'm so grateful to you. And I already told the brass, I'm so glad to see you all again. I didn't know I'd ever see you again, and I'm so thankful for that. And the bells are amazing. <laughs> and our wonderful AV team up there is too, and it's all thanks to the incredible work of John West, and I'm so grateful to you. Okay, that's pre-announcement number one for the sermon. Number two, though, is that today is our 100th episode that's been broadcast and recorded and been shown. So, 100. And there's lots more incredible stats that I'm not going to give you, but the important notion about today and 100 is that we have cake in the courtyard. So, you know what? 
come and get some after worship. This morning we conclude our Advent sermon series entitled Hope because Advent, these four weeks prior to Christmas, is the season of hope. Hope of the promise of the Savior, hope that the Christ child is coming, hope in our children who embody the love of God. We are officially nearing the close of the season of waiting and expecting the birth of the one true hope of the world. The scriptures for these four weeks ran in reverse order. We started at the end of Luke's gospel and we moved backwards to the beginning. We began with the teachings of Jesus shortly before his death and resurrection in Jerusalem, followed by John's prophecy in the wilderness. Last week, we celebrated Joy Sunday with our children in a very special service. But before we dive into today's gospel lesson, I want to share something that typically gets reported on around this time every year. According to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, while both male and female reindeer grow antlers in the summer each year, the male, antler, male reindeer rather, drop their antlers at the beginning of winter, usually late November to mid-December. Female reindeer, however, retain their antlers until after they give birth in the spring. Therefore, every reindeer you've ever seen depicted in any kind of historical representation Every single one of them, from Rudolph to Blitzen, is a female. <laughs> and somehow that part always gets left out. <laughs> now, what does that have to do with the sermon? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Except to say that Unlike most parts of the Bible, today's gospel reading does not leave out the part about the women. Amen? In fact, its whole point is the story of Elizabeth and her cousin Mary. We know that Mary was a young, poor ethnic girl who lived in a dumpy little village of about 200 people or so. And Luke felt the need to give his readers geographical directions describing where it was. This barely teenage girl still living under her father's roof in what would have been considered low-income housing, she was the epitome of insignificance. Her status in the first century world was truly less than zero. So in this little tiny part of the world called Nazareth, where nothing ever happened, an angel appeared to Mary with greetings that she had found favor with God. Me? Why am I favored? Mary knows her place, and she knows who she is, and she knows that this just should not be happening. And then Gabriel gives Mary the big news that she's pregnant and didn't know it, even before marriage or before knowing a man, and she was going to have a son, but not just any son, the son of the Most High from the lineage of David with a kingdom that would never end. Say what? Quite appropriately and very humanly, Mary asks, how can this be? The great theologian Barbara Brown Taylor once wrote that the angel didn't ask Mary how that sounded to her and whether she'd like to try out for the role, he just told her. But Mary had a choice, whether to take hold of the unknown life the angel had offered to her or whether to defend herself against it however she could. We have a similar choice in our own life, Taylor says, to say yes or no, 
Yes, I will live the life that is being held out to me, or no, I will not. You can say no, but rest assured that no angels will ever trouble you again. But if we say yes to our lives, you then can take part in a thrilling and dangerous scheme with no script and no guarantees. Mary said yes, but being a teenager, she still needed some assurance that she was making the right decision. So she goes, as Luke says, with haste to her, her cousin Elizabeth. Luke tells us that as soon as she walked into Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth's baby jumped up in her womb. Elizabeth cried out, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The angel's words and Mary's yes, they were affirmed. And then after the news had set in and I imagine she'd begun to panic just a little bit over being an unwed mother and in the midst of dealing with the fear of rejection by Joseph and being cast out by her own family and if anyone else found out perhaps being stoned to death, Mary then reached a place of peace about herself and her future. As the great Madeline Lingle says in her poem, After Annunciation, this is the irrational season when love blooms bright and wild. Had Mary been filled with reason, there'd been no room for the child. Mary knew who this child was and by definition, then who she was called to be. So she sang a song of joy, we call it the Magnificat, based on the song of Hannah, the mother of Samuel in the Hebrew scriptures, a song that all young Jewish women grew up singing. It's a song of mercy, a promise of how God will lift up the lowly and bring down the proud. The song can be divided into two parts. The first half focuses on the new relationship between Mary and God. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. When Mary says her soul magnifies the Lord, think about a magnifying glass. Its purpose is to make things bigger. Mary is saying that her role is to make God bigger more accessible by giving birth to the Christ who will one day walk among us. And in doing so, her spirit rejoices, not because she's pregnant, but because God in God's infinite mercy has chosen her, an insignificant teenager, to be the mother of God, to be magnified, to be lifted up in a way that no one would expect. Surely generations will call me blessed for the mighty one out of mercy and desire to lift up the lowly has done great things for Mary and has done great things for us because just as God is full of mercy and compassion, so we are called to be merciful and compassionate with others, especially those on the margins. The second half of the Magnificat lifts up the merciful values of God. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This young girl first sings about God's blessings in her life 
and then she sings about God's vision of a world made right. Maybe she gets carried away. Taylor writes, she's no longer singing the song. The song is singing her. And this teenager then is transformed into an articulate radical, an astonished prophet singing about a world in which the last have come, become first and the first have become last. Another woman who through her words sang about the vision of a world made right was poet and author and academic Bell Hooks, a renowned black feminist who sought to empower people of all races, classes, and gender, and who helped shape debates about justice and discrimination and influenced feminist theology in the 80s and 90s. Dr. Hooks passed last Wednesday. Her writings helped to expand the definition of feminism to make it accessible and understandable to all. For example, she wrote, patriarchy has no gender. Patriarchy has no gender. Feminism is for everybody. In her book, Teaching Community, A Pedagogy of Hope, Hooks wrote that dominator culture has tried to keep us all afraid, to make us choose safety instead of risk, sameness instead of diversity. But moving through that fear, finding out what it is that connects us, reveling in our differences, this is the process that brings us closer, that gives us a world of shared values, of meaningful community. Mary sang her Magnificat in a dominator culture, to be sure, but she offered us the vision of that meaningful community, which offers hope for the world. Mary sings of a world in where the pride and the hubris of its leader would not be a threat to her, a poor peasant girl singing of God's mercy, a world where the income gap between the rich and the poor begins to narrow instead of continually widening, a world in which families are not torn apart and walls built to divide, but a world where mercy and compassion and love are valued above all else. This is the world her son Jesus would later name the kingdom of God. But even as Mary proclaimed the vision of the beloved community, the great salty Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltzweber wrote this week that maybe the most outrageous act of faith on Mary's part was not singing the Magnificat after all. Perhaps Mary's most amazing act of faith was trusting that she herself, that poor peasant girl, had found favor with God. This is a vital and overlooked miracle of the Annunciation story. We prefer to focus on the virtues we think Mary must have had so that we can cultivate them in ourselves and, and maybe make our own selves worthy to God. Boltz writes, Hail Mary, full of virtue, the Lord is with thee. No, the prayer goes like this, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Grace. Grace is the one thing none of us can earn. It's freely given. And Boltz Weber writes, I think this is exactly what Mary understood that what qualifies us for God's grace isn't our goodness. What qualifies us for God's grace is nothing more than our need for God's grace.
Family, the babe that we await to be born among us comes to us because we all have found favor with God. We are all God's beloved children without exception, and we all have need of God's grace, which Jesus is born to bring. So let us rejoice at the birth of Emmanuel as we now experience in closing a modern day nativity. I'm sorry, Mary. Everything's bugged. So what are we gonna do? They got luggage. There's no rooms in this town. Hey, uh, you guys look pretty tired. Do you need a place to stay? Yes, yes! Thank you, thank you so much! Are we in a sleeping room? Do you want visitors? Yeah, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not much, but you can stay with us. Gosh, that's really nice of you, but I... Mary? <gasps> we'll take it. Let's call 911. Yeah. All right. You did well, miss. An easy birth. But please read the aftercare instructions we gave you. And don't hesitate to call 911 again. Thank you for your wisdom. Hi, we're from the Neighborhood Watch. We saw the light on the ambulance. What's going on here? A child is born.
forth this day spreading hope and peace and joy and love. Go in peace and Merry Christmas. <laughs>